Okay. Right before we start this episode, I'd like to thank our new Patreon members from the month of September. You guys, my Patreon support means the world to me, just helps me keep the podcast going. So let me thank our new convert levels. And just a reminder, guys, if you are a convert, you get to introduce the podcast. So message me if you need help doing that. But first... Let me thank the Nature versus Narcissism podcast for becoming a convert, as well as Eleanor L. for becoming a convert. Thank you, guys. And now on to the episode. Welcome back to the Cult of Domesticity. I'm Courtney. I'm Ash. She's back, guys. Guess who's back? Back, 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 back again. Normally, Lindsay only gets that on Patreon episodes. <laughs> Which is sad because we just keep recording together, so there's it's like <laughs> she's going to be back, but... Um, we have no updates on the aliens at Wright Pat. No. It's been about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But who's to say what's happened? We'll I'm never sure, know. I'm sure a lot of things, and we're never going to find out. So. No. It's fine. It's all fine. I found out one of my relatives works at Wright Pat. Really? An accountant, though. Yeah. You know. The Air Force needs accountants. The aliens need accountants. It's true. <laughs> Who else is going to do Klaxar's taxes? You think he's going to do it? Fuck no. Do you think they tax the aliens? For Absolutely. Living? Yeah, it's the federal government, of course. Hello. They do. <laughs> Listen to what you just said out loud in English. If you guys haven't been listening to the Halloween episodes, why haven't you? It's spooky town. Spooky times. Get with it. Victorian spooky tales that got less gothic. The spookiest of all time periods. Oh yeah. When we're recording this, I just released number eleven, Willem Square. Mm-hmm. Ending of that crazy shit. There's some ghosts. Excellent. In that house. There's some ghosts in that house. Wait, we're really hitting the singing here. You're going to have to pay some licensing fees if we're not careful. I don't have any money, so... You think that will stop either Eminem or Cardi B? No. That's true. Cardi B. We can be friends. I'll make you a cake. I love her. I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. I don't want to, but I do. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check them out. There's some amazing podcasters reading the stories. Mm-hmm. Patreon's episode is going to be awesome. Legit. It's so Legit. I've been recording it late at night, which is why I look like a ghost. <laughs> which is fine, because it's Halloween. Right. It's seasonally appropriate. Yeah. Okay. So, this week, our topic is going to be Marie Laveau. Yay! I love her. Your first reaction was bad. I know it was, but you know what? This is what I've got. <laughs> We're all running on empty. And you get to go to work and pretend to be... Gr- you can be I gotta grumpy. go pretend to be normal. <laughs> I was gonna say, you don't have to pretend to be cheery. Like me. So, Ashley's excited because she gets to correct my French yes. in person. Instead of what she normally does, which is text me. It's way easier to do in person. And send me the phonetic pronunciations. I mean, would you rather I just sent you the French words that you said wrong and then not tell you how to say them right? Because <laughs> I can start doing that. Which you've done as well. You've just said you pronounced all of that wrong. And then I just send you... I voice said it met- was a good effort, at least. And then I believe I just sent you <laughs> in a voice That's message. True. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> this is our friendship. Accept it. I mean, it's better than Rachel, who tries to tell me all the Chinese words <laughs> I pronounce wrong. And then I just text her back. I was drunk trying to speak Chinese. What more do you want? I need that on a t-shirt, please. <laughs> I was drunk trying to speak Chinese. That is 90% of the Opium Wars episode. I We had a lot of gin. Sometimes it'd be like that. It was gin and LaCroix. It's delicious. I did not purchase the LaCroix because I'm not a basic bitch. <laughs> I love you, Meredith, but... <laughs> I was like, this feels really targeted. <laughs> Her whole family buys LaCroix. That's how I get my LaCroix. I don't buy it. 
I buy off-brand, like everything else. Uh, so, Marie Laveau was born in the French Quarter of New Orleans, because we're in New Orleans. Aw, oh, yeah. Hometown of our good friend Brendan from Southern Gothic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, I believe, has an episode on her, or she's in their episode on New Orleans. They have a series on the city, which is I mean, really good. You gotta. How are you going to talk about New Orleans and not talk about her? Well, him and his sister are from there. Yeah. So yeah. they got they got they got the deep shit. Also, his sister works in the archives, so they legitimately get the deep shit yeah. that I can't get into because they're like, ma'am, you don't have credentials right now. <laughs> I'm like, and you're like, but do I need them though? Here's my What are you hiding? Here's my expired graduate student card. Is that not good enough? Just hand them a piece of psychic paper and hope it works. It's really just a piece of blank paper that, you know. Yeah. So she was born September 10th, 1794, 18th century baby. Mm-hmm. She was a 90s baby as she well. She was a 90s baby. I was trying really hard not to say that. I mean, that's why I, I like her so much. <laughs> Marie was, was the illegitimate daughter of a wealthy Creole planter, mm-hmm. Charles Laveau, and his mistress, Marguerite, who was reportedly a mix of black and Choctaw, Choctaw Indian. Mm-hmm. I'm so afraid of saying certain things wrong. I say them wrong because I'm afraid right. of saying them right. wrong. So she's a nice representation of America. The imperialism, the slavery, and the native people. America. America. But interestingly, she is the first of her maternal line to be born free. Free. Oh, yeah. You can't see it, but we're doing a little freedom dance right now. It's pretty great. As you all know, there's 90% more dancing that happens in this podcast. So much much dancing. dancing. Which is, as Mike once said, really great for an audio platform. Yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) He's not wrong. It's not wrong. Let's talk about that maternal line. Mm -hmm. Because we know the traditions are often passed from mother to daughter. Mm -hmm. So her, what we know her as the voodoo queen. Mm -hmm. Probably came from the maternal side. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Mainly because her father is a Creole planter, so I doubt yeah, it came from that, that dude. <laughs> her great- oh, I don't want to make assumptions here, but I'm going to go ahead and make an assumption here. Unless he's a witch. He's a witch! <laughs> I mean, maybe. Would her- it be a warlock? I'm going with always witch. Okay. All right. Her great-grandmother, Marguerite, mm-hmm. has no surname because right. patriarchy and slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was born around 1736. And we have historic documentation suggesting she was tra- rude, <laughs> suggesting that she was transported from Senegal to Louisiana on the last French slave trading vessel, the Saint Ernan, in 1743. Did I say that right? Saint Ursin. Yeah, close. You said Ernan. Ernan, like earning money. Money, money, money. So during the late 18th century, both Marguerite and her daughter Catherine were held in slavery. By the white Creole Henry Roche dit Belair. All right. Mm, close enough. <laughs> a shoemaker. He's a master shoemaker. Oh. Because cobblers and shoemakers are two different people. Mm-hmm. You know that? Two different professions. Yeah. Catherine's father was Jean Belair, possibly a slave of Henry Roche Belair. Which makes sense because last, name. last names. Yeah. You, in case you didn't know, slaves would get the last names of their masters. Unless you were like Freeman, which meant you were free. Free, right. Roche Belair or some other white man fathered Catherine's mulatto children. So mixed white man, black, 
not European. Because mm-hmm. Creole was kind of that distinction of, right, you had some European in you. Literally. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. I stand by it, but that was inappropriate. Catherine had three more owners before purchasing her freedom in 1795 and took the name Catherine Henry. Yes, girl. Get it, girl. Freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom. And I love it that she bought her own freedom. She's like, I don't need no man. I bought my own freedom. Mm -hmm. She took it in her own hand. She was like, I don't need no man. I bought my own freedom. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? That's a really long word to spell. It really is. Like, I was halfway through going, God, how do we do this? Her daughter... (laughs) Her daughter, Marguerite Henry, was manumitted Mm -hmm. by Henry Roche Belair in 1790. Don't it? Oh, fuck. It It means he freed her. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. So he freed... He was like, okay, cool. Be free. She then... So Catherine then became the concubine of a Frenchman, Henry... Darcasel. I was trying to say that Spanish. Yeah, you were. That's fine. <laughs> With whom she had. So this is uh, Marguerite. Mm-hmm. So Marguerite and Henry had several children, and she changed her name to Marguerite Darcantel. Marguerite, the grandmother, or Marguerite, the daughter of Catherine. Daughter of Catherine. Okay. So we're okay. three generations. Okay. So Marguerite Senior is great grandmother. Yeah, this Marie. is Marguerite Junior. Okay. Marguerite also has a brief relationship with Charles Laveau. Laveau. Mm-hmm. There's an X in it now, and I was not expecting it. <laughs> there was should have been an X in it all along, I think. I don't know French. I don't know. Maybe not. Now that you say that, I don't know. Who was a successful mulatto businessman, so mixed businessman. Yeah. Her daughter, Marie Laveau, came out of this. Mm-hmm. So we finally got back to Marie. Marie. So we went three generations back. Yep. From... Senegal, all the way to here. Okay. We started in Senegal, now we're here. I mean, we didn't, but... But, yeah. Her family. Her family did. Yeah. Marie actually grew up on her father's plantation where she received an education and studied to be a hairdresser, which was a lot more shit back yes. then. If you watch... um, Oh, there is... I never knew that about her, and now her character in American Horror Story working in a hair salon in modern times makes so much more sense to me. I get it now. Okay. So there is a really good company. I can't remember the name of it. They do historical reproduction shoes, Mm -hmm. but they also have books on how to create historical reproduction clothes Mm -hmm. and how to do the hair. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some people redo it. Yeah. There was a YouTube video going around about a year ago of the girl doing the pomade and all that and flower and all of that. Yes. It's, it's a lot. It's seriously, it takes hours. So to be trained like this, you made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I also know this because this is my period that mm-hmm. I studied. So mm-hmm. I do know hairdressing. If you were a footman, valet, ladies mm-hmm. made, and you could do hair, your pay increased significantly. Nice. And when you went to different, like if your master or mistress was at a house party, mm-hmm. you could earn extra money hmm. by doing other people's hair. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it just took so long. Granted, like if you think of Marie Antoinette, that's a wig. But still, you yeah. have to have someone who fu- who can style, style it. Wig. Yeah. Because some of those wigs had crazy shit like boats and birds yeah. and stuff in it. Marie was also a devout Catholic who went to mass every day of her life. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I guess if, you know. At the time, though, it was probably sort of expected. So that's true. August 4th, 1918. August 4th, 1819. <laughs> 
Marie. <laughs> that's quite a jump. I'm slightly dyslexic. Leave that's it alone. Fine. Me too. Marie Laveau married Carpenter Jacques Paris, a free person of color from Haiti. And then they. Jacques Paris? Jacques They went to live in the French Quarter. Their marriage certificate is actually preserved at the St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. Ooh. It also has her parents' names as well. So we that's where we can start tracking it. Gotcha. Marie got a paper trail. I've got a paper trail. <laughs> Marie has been described as tall, beautiful, and statuesque. Mm-hmm. The opposite of me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Not true. I'm short. No. Uh, average height. With curly black hair, golden skin, because remember, she has all those different mm. uh, ethnicities mm-hmm. as well. Good features, meaning she could pass for white rather than mm. black. Mm-hmm. Not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying. Right. Jacques mm-hmm. Perry's was part of the Haitian immigration to New Orleans after the Haitian Revolution. Smart. Of 1804, which yeah, I covered, I believe, and it's a lot. These are French-speaking white planters and thousands of slaves, as well as people of color, coming mm-hmm. over. We have those with African ancestry helping to revive voodoo and other African-based cultural practices in the New Orleans community. And we see the Creole color community exponentially increase with these immigrants. Okay. Paris went missing and is presumed dead in 1824. Womp, womp. Marie insisted that he had died and she was a widow, even... Though there is evidence that he had deserted her. Mm. I guess I would rather... There's more benefits to being a widow than being deserted. Yeah. For one, you can marry again. You can get benefits from uh, the state or church if you're a widow. If you're abandoned, you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah. That's why (laughs) if you're abandoned, you're still married. You're still married. Sucks to suck, I guess. That's why, to speak of Alexander Hamilton... Anyway, sorry. The whole deal with Maria Mariah, Reynolds yeah. was she was abandoned and being abused. Right. That's a lot of problems. You do have to go and get a man's help to deal with that. Yeah. And Marie doesn't seem like that kind of woman. No. Nah. No. Nah. So Paris is out of her life. She has two kids to raise. And, you know, she's like, I am the widow Paris. Mm-hmm. Great. Dramatic. I'm assuming mm-hmm. some veils. Oh, yeah. She begins working as a hairdresser, catering to the wealthy white women and Creole women of New Orleans. And this is kind of where this root of her legend starts. Okay. So it takes a long time to get your hair done. You do it like, you'd have to do it once a week at least. Yeah. Because you're wearing that hairstyle. Right. Like your maid would fix it, but the main hairstyle would last you. Yeah. It's not like now where like take a shower every day or every other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're maybe rinsing off. That's why they have the bowls and the the pitchers. So- they And I mean, even now we talk to our hairdressers. You're stuck mm-hmm. there. You chit-chat with them. Mm-hmm. So she would find out their most intimate, de- like, detailed secret desires about their husbands, lovers, their estates, families, husbands, mistresses, and business affairs. So she gets all the she good tea. everything. She gets all the tea. Mm. Additionally, she does some nursing, including minor surgery, because... Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if barbers are surgeons, I would think hairdressers probably have some medical experience, too. Or if she just has, like, that homegrown kind of midwife Mm -hmm. healer training. Yeah. She would also minister to prisoners on death row, uh, taking in the sick to be nursed in her own home. So, Mm -hmm. good woman. Corporal works in mercy. Look at her. Mm -hmm. All Catholic and shit. In 1886, she enters into a common law marriage with 
Louis Christopher Dunsel de Gaspion. Gaspion. Okay, now say it right. Louis Christophe Dumenil? I don't know if you would say that as or not. To, yeah, to Glapion. You were pretty close. A member of a prominent local family. So she would live with him until his death in 1855. So that's about 30 years. Mm. But we know in newspapers, she's still referring to herself as Marie Laveau. Okay. It's unusual for the time. Mainly because they never married. Yeah. So... Well, common law, but yeah. yeah. She had 15 children by him Jesus. in rapid succession. So this is where the t-shirt cam and co- canon comment comes back. <laughs> Ooh, my God. She's never not pregnant. That puts her at, what, 17 total? She had two from yeah. her first marriage. Most women's bodies oh. give out by then. You I guess think. she might have had better nutrition and stuff. Maybe. Help. Did all of did all 15 of them live? It did not say. Because that would, that would for sure point to witchcraft to me. Because, damn. Yeah. At this point, she ends her hairdressing career because she has to focus on raising all her kids. (laughs) Jeez. But she doesn't lose her clientele. This is where she becomes the legendary voodoo queen of New Orleans. So she's still seeing these people, but she's not seeing them to do their hair. Okay. I guess I get my rumor started then. She really never abandons her Catholic roots, even Mm -hmm. if while she's doing voodoo. And always encourages people to attend Catholic Mass, Mm -hmm. but she becomes interested in her mother's African traditional beliefs. I mean, I'll be honest, as a Catholic, there's a lot of stuff that is very, very just a hair away from witchcraft anyway. We're not going to talk about the case that just came out of New Orleans, or Louisiana, with the Catholic Church, are we? What? Where the priest... Filmed himself having sex on the altar with two dominatrix. They burned the altar. Oh my god! Oh my god! The, <laughs> what? I wish I should say after it came out, they took the altar out and burned <laughs> the Catholic yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to at that point. I'm just like, why did you film it? Why did you do it? I feel bad though because I guess the dominatrix, like they were hired to do that. I mean, yeah. But they're now getting they're now getting threats, and I was like, "Hey, they were they're hired to do a job." job. But I they could have disagreed with it, and he would have said it was okay. But yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, I don't like that. I thought I sent that to you. No, uh, you might have. I might not have read it. Voodoo <laughs> <laughs> mm. is most commonly practiced in New Orleans, but it has this reputation, as we all know, mm-hmm. and was actually banned at different times in Louisiana history because of the chicken shortages. I don't know. <laughs> she learned her craft from a voodoo doctor, either Dr. John, John Bayou. And by 1830, she was one of several voodoo queens. Because there's not just one. Right. She's it, just the most well-known. Yes, at the time. Yeah. She would, compi- she would combine voodoo beliefs in Catholic traditions, holy water, incense, statues of saints, Christian prayers, which helped make voodoo and hoodoo, which is the magical rituals associated with voodoo more Mm -hmm. acceptable to the upper class of new orleans Mm. because it's a little more acceptable if you're pretending to be jesus is involved yes even though he's probably pissed about being involved i feel like jesus wouldn't be pissed i feel like he would i think there shall have no other gods before me he's still there yeah they put him in the front oh my god (laughs) Oh my, no, that's not how that works. This is how I'm going to get smited going For real. home. If you die on the way home, I'm going to know what happened. Please don't die on the way home. Don't want to. I'd be so sad. 
She included recognition of spiritual forces, which can be kind or mischievous. Mm-hmm. And they preside over data. They preside over daily life and would intercede in the lives of their followers. This connection can be achieved through dance, music, singing, or the use of snakes, which I'm not about. Yeah, hard pass. Mm-mm. I'd rather snakes than spiders. Spiders have too many goddamn legs. Why? <laughs> Why? Who needs that many? Okay, but snakes have no legs and that's also sketchy. That's true. Marie Laveau quickly came to dominate New Orleans as the voodoo queen taking charge of public voodoo rituals and ceremonies held at Congo Square, one of the few locations which, um, at this time, New Orleans is really segregated, where you can have a mixed crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there's those locations. Mm-hmm. Rather. Um, she would run other operations at Maison Blanche, the White House. Nailed it. Yes. Which uh, was built for secret voodoo meetings and liaisons between white men and black women, because, <laughs> you know... I'm hoping they're consensual liaisons. I'm really hoping they're consensual. (laughs) I don't have a lot of faith in that, Mm. but I'm hoping. She also made a good income by selling Gris Gris, which was an amulet originating in Africa, which is believed to protect the wearer from evil or bring luck. I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's Gris Gris. Gris Gris! (laughs) No. That just sounds like you said Gregory, but had a stroke (laughs) in the middle of it. Anyway, charms, magical powers, powders, not powers. That would be boss. Charms and magical powders, Mm -hmm. not powers, Mm -hmm. guaranteed to cure ailments, granting desires, Mm -hmm. and confounding or destroying one's enemies. Yes. Additionally, she sold, uh, told, additionally, she told fortunes, gave advice on love. I mean, she's got 15 kids. I think she knows. knows. It's her. Let's not lie. She popped out almost 20 kids. I believe her. That's a lot. Her body must be tired. So many kids. Also prepared prepared custom gris gris. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that better? It was. <laughs> For anyone needing to affect a cure, charm, or hex. Wonder if they've still found some of them. Probably. Scholars really believe that Laveau's feared magical powers of div- div- divination. Meh, there you go. We're actually based on a network of informants. So she had a bunch of spies. She had little birds. Yes. Can tell you've been watching Game of Thrones. (laughs) Maybe. Which she had begun developing when she was working as a hairdresser in all these households of Mm -hmm. the fancy people. She visited her mostly white clients and she would listen closely to their gossip. Mm -hmm. So she was like, thank you for this tea. I'm going to file that away and then it'll come back up. She... Also excelled at obtaining inside information on her wealthy patrons by instilling fear in their servants, who she either paid or cured of their mysterious ailments. Mm. So she bribed some bitches. For real. I'm not mad. I mean, do what you gotta do. Yeah, if it works. Also, for those servants, you get paid shit. You work almost Mm. 18 hours a day. Right, why not? Maybe getting one day off. Fuck it. I I take some bribery. Yeah. So her powers, news of her powers and influence spreads, and she ends up overthrowing all the other voodoo queens oh. in the city. So she is she is the voodoo empress. Ba, ba, ba. She would act as an oracle, conduct private rituals behind her cottage at St. Anne Street in the French Quarter, performed exorcisms, which are terrifying. That feels... Mm-hmm. Okay. And offered sacrifices to spirits. Okay. Oral traditions that we know suggested that 
the occult parts of her magic mixed Roman Catholic beliefs with the saints involved in there with African spirits and religious concepts. So she's really just doing what the Christians did when they moved into territory. She just just threw everything in a pot until it stuck. How very Roman of her. Yes, very Roman. Mm. You're going to have to wake up. You have to go to work. (laughs) I know. A local newspaper once referred to her as, quote, the notorious hag who reigns over the (laughs) ignorant and superstitious of New Orleans. God damn. That escalated so quickly. Uh, The ignorant and superstitious as the queen of the voodoos, end quote. That was, I mean, (laughs) wow. I forgot how much fun old newspapers are when they have shit like this. Don't hold back now. It's not good for you. No. I bet that person mysteriously disappeared. (laughs) She was also feared for her power. Her went bad overnight. (laughs) She was feared for her power with uh, (laughs) the numerous stories of what happened to anyone who offended her. So that dude. Yeah. That dude gone. That guy. No one ever heard from him again. She also did humanitarian work. She healed the sick. And, you know, this would have many people viewing her as a living saint because of all the good work she mm-hmm. did as well. So she might cut a bitch, but she's also making sure the poor in the neighborhood are getting fed. Gotcha. So like Robin Hood, sort of. Yeah. So she had the rich and the poor coming to seek her aid for to control lovers, gain fame, fortune, and become pregnant and exact revenge. Which I'm thinking, if you couldn't become pregnant at this time and that was your only purpose in life, mm-hmm. that's really hard. Mm-hmm. 1875 approx. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to continue. It's getting ridiculous now. You just parked. Were you just... What did you forget? Your cheese. Probably. That's the only thing I'd go back out for. Approximately 1875, Marie Laveau gave her last performance and announced that she was retiring to her home on St. Anne Street in the Old Quarter. I mean, at that point, she's what, like 70 years old? Fair. That's fair. No, she's over because she was born in 94. Yeah. So she's 80-something. Almost 80. No, she's just 81 at that point. Mm. I can do math. She really never retired, continuing to work, but she was just visiting the poor and then imprisoned and giving readings at her home. She wasn't doing more a lot of the work that she... June 15th, 1881. So mm-hmm. she's almost 90. She does peacefully in her St. Anne Street home at the age of 86. Mm-hmm. They did the math for They us. did, yeah. That's good. Poof. As... I think that's supposed to be an S. <laughs> It doesn't make the name any better. Look, Lafcadio? Lafcadio? I mean, neither one is a name, I'll be honest. Eminent writer L. Hearn, <laughs> not trying it, referred to her as, quote, one of the kindest women who ever lived, end quote. She got obituaries ready at the New Orleans Time Picayune and the New York Times. Picayune. Picayune. Mm-hmm. And the New York motherfucking Times. What, what? She was painted in the most glorious terms, a saintly figure who nursed the sick and prayed incessantly with the diseased and the condemned. Not that she cut bitches, but fair. But secretly she did, though. She did. She did. She, I mean, she might have put a hit on them. The spirits did it. I can't control the spirits. Then why are you Okay. But this is New Orleans. What mm-hmm. about her tomb? Because we all know they're mm-hmm. buried above ground. Mm-hmm. She was buried in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Mm-hmm. That big cemetery. Yep. It's huge. In the Laveau... Glapion family crypt, which I want a family crypt. I don't. Why not? Mm-hmm. You don't want to hang out with your family for all eternity? Depends which family we're talking about. JK, I'm going to become a tree. We've already know this. Right, me too. I want to. This Most of these were constructed in the 18th century, 19th century. 
And we know the water level in New Orleans makes it impractical to bury people. Mm-hmm. The bodies just pop up. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, the first couple of times they buried people, it freaked them the fuck out. For real. Like, I would have... Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been all bad. The three cemeteries, uh, St. Louis cemeteries, are relatively intact following Hurricane, following Hurricane Katrina. And the most popular grave is Marie Laveau's. Mm-hmm. There is another one in cemetery number two known as the Wishing Vault or the Voodoo Vault, where visitors will illegally draw XXX on the white, three X's on the white mm. slab and hope that the Laveau's spirit, Laveau, I was saying it right that time. Yeah, Laveau. Laveau's spirit will grant them a wish. It also has hearts, pentagram, poetry, and initials. There is no evidence that it is actually her tomb, but hundreds of visitors each year go to do it. Can you imagine being the person actually buried in that tomb? Like, leave How the mad fuck would you alone. Be? How mad would you be? I would be furious. Um, like, it, she's not here. It's believed that if you leave coins, Mardi Gras beads, flowers, rum, or candles, Marie's spirit would personally intervene mm. for you. Her daughter, daughter Marie Laveau Glaspion, Marie too. <laughs> how sad is that? That's how you know. Marie the second. Who was born February 2nd, 1827, is one of the 15 children in that crowded cottage. We never know whether or not she chose to follow in her mother's footsteps mm. or she wanted to, but she did. She It's reported that she shared some of her mother's features, and she attempted to carry out on the voodoo work, mm. but her fame never matched her mother's. She did not have the warmth and compassion of her mother because she fired inspired more fear and subservience than her mother did. Mm. She also was a hairdresser, ran a bar and brothel on Bourbon Street. Okay. You know. Got those side hustles on. Yeah. Not a huge fan of the brothel, but okay. <laughs> she was able to procure anything to fulfill a man's desire for a price. So get that white man money. I really haven't watched too much Game of Thrones because it just sounds like a little finger. She would hold lavish parties at Maison Blanche, offering champagne, fine food, wine, music, naked black girls dancing for white men, politicians, and high officials. Oh, no. But they were never raided by the police because they were afraid if they crossed her, she might hoodoo them. That feels like a valid concern, honestly. She would reign over the voodoo ceremonies of the black population, ran Maison Blanche, but never gained high notice in the press. Reportedly, she died because she drowned in a big storm in Lake Pontchartrain in the 1890s. Hmm. But when she died, Marie Laveau, one, Hmm. passed into obscurity. Hmm. And so it kind of seems like they were tied together. Yeah. But that is the story of Marie Laveau. Interesting. Yeah. Anything to add? Mm -mm. You're so sleepy. Mm -hmm. Well... This was a shorter one. It's been a busy month. I hope you guys have been enjoying the Halloween episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll be back. Well, I'll be back next week with another tale. Ashley's probably going to go fall asleep before she goes to work now. I don't think there's time. There isn't time. No. But we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Are you a true crime junkie? Do you talk about true crime with your friends all of the time? And are there cases that have stuck with you for so many years because of geographic or emotional closeness? If so, then welcome to Fatalities. I'm Elisa Lucas, and this is the podcast where I explore true crime cases over tea with the help of my friends. Because without tea, friends, and good conversation, there's nothing but darkness and chaos. So grab a warm cup of tea and join me as my friends and I discuss the cases that have struck a chord with us 
and the related issues that might help us understand why such horrible crimes have occurred. The podcast is dropped every other Wednesday and is available on such podcatchers as Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and so much more. You may follow Fatalities on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but don't forget that T's is spelled T-E-A-S, because here is where we spill the tea. Hey, this is Chris, the host of Killer Jobs, the podcast that discovers the day jobs of the world's most famous serial killers. Explore how these psychopaths functioned in the real world, how murder interfered with their work, and what coworkers had to say. Killer Jobs investigates a new serial killer every Tuesday and is available on all podcast players. Of domesticity, we're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word, or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts, and our Instagram is at The Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcasts at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free.